did you see that the girl who plays Claudia on the Netflix show was featured in like a New York Times ongoing series? Uh, like a New York, like in regards to... Oh, it wasn't, it, it felt like it was about nothing because it's a series about people's schedules. I guess maybe they started it in the midst of the pandemic. Uh-huh. And it was just like... I have to go to school. It's boring. And it was it was charming enough, but it seemed very strange. She got a lot of attention. She got a lot of promo attention that sort of seems to have filled. Once they realized these girls weren't going to be like, I don't know, totally outrageous and off yeah. the wall to follow. Like a lot of the interest seems to have just kind of filtered away from them. She also got a disproportionate amount of attention for how much she was on the show. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, no, 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 not her fault. Like, oh no, not had... at all. They just didn't write enough for her, which is it's interesting because Claudia is all but the main character of this show a lot of yes. the time. She's also very tall in this show. She's so tall. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas the other, the other Claudia, the new Claudia is a tiny person. Yes. In fact, I feel like a lot of the new character, like the new actors for the Netflix series are short or come across as short or yeah. maybe it's just the way they're filmed. Like they just, they seem like tiny people. They really do. And it was interesting when Jesse entered for the first time, because I think Jesse is taller than Mallory, certainly, but taller than most of the main girls too. Right. It's a ballet thing. I, I don't understand. Now, of course, Jesse in the book covers always look like a 25 year old, like graduate student. Like, I don't, they just did not know how to draw her well. <laughs> to be fair, most of them look like they're in their 20s or 30s, but Jesse maybe more than any other because she couldn't have her hair down. No. Obviously not. It had to be up in a bun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they let her. Uh, they let her have normal hair in this show. Well, this is. Uh, we get a lot of Jesse in this episode. We get a lot of a lot of everyone in this. It's a. This we is get a, a lot of everyone. This, this is, is an ensemble piece, but not just yeah. our regular ensemble. They've expanded the ensemble in ways oh I am more than happy with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do we want to talk about what this show is and what we're going to talk about today? Let's go ahead. everyone uh welcome to pizza toast a podcast about babysitters club adaptations and other ephemera my name is christy admiral i'm phil gonzalez and today we're talking about okay there are there is a discrepancy of titles for this episode yes. out there on the internet mm-hmm. it, it is either claudia and the secret passage or claudia and the mystery of the secret passage yeah that's uh that's I feel like the mystery of the secret passage, because the next episode has mystery in the title as well. Mm-hmm. And they were both written by Jean Betancourt, uh, children's yes. book author Jean Betancourt, author of The Pony Pals. I hope we're all Author aware. of The Pony Pals and some of the fluffiest California diaries, which is what I strongly associate her with. Which is funny because on her personal website, she doesn't list the California diaries at all. Why would you? Um, I mean, like, nobody, I'm not saying, like, I obviously really love the California Diaries, but they are such a minor blip 
in the the babysitters club canon because they have nothing to do with anyone but dawn yes uh well because it's because this the page on her website is called complete bookshelf oh so she is yeah she must have something against them i guess yeah i wonder if it's just like a little outside her like you know what we'll just let these go because it lists all of her uh screen her teleplays and scripts like Mm -hmm. it's got everything she was nominated for uh, a bunch of emmys for her after school specials uh including super mom's daughter teen father i want to go home tattle when to tell on a friend she was all over the place (laughs) That's so interesting to me because something I mean I find interesting as like a like a person with a like a degree in media studies who cares way too much about this kind of thing. Uh, I find it really interesting that they had the ghostwriters for the most part write these episodes because that's not necessarily like a ton of overlap. Like I ghostwrite for this children's series and now I'm also going to adapt it for the screen. Right. Um. I think it leads to it sounding more like the book than it otherwise would. I think people would jazz it up a little otherwise. But in this episode, like we just have Claudia entering a scene and waving and saying hi, which feels <laughs> which feels like not weak writing, but very like, yep, this is a thing that would happen mm-hmm. writing. <laughs> yeah. I Again, this calls into question our, our uh, regular question, which is, how much of this is scripted and how much of it I mean I assume most of it's scripted but how much how many yeah. of these moments do they kind did they kind of decide on the fly like we're in this location yes uh, Claudia just enter and just say hi or something and we'll just go into the scene from there so this episode is quippier and I would say more conversation dense than a lot of the previous ones and mm-hmm. feels a lot of those conversations feel way more scripted but we had talked already about their trip to the grocery store and how there's definitely some improvisation going on, at least physically, yes. if not dialogue-wise. This is a fun little episode. This is a... I, I know I say this every time. I think this may be my favorite episode. <laughs> but I understand why, just because like it is sort of a Claudia showcase, but at the same time, it has this broader theme of siblings and sisters mm-hmm. specifically, yeah. which means we get to see... Vanessa Pike and mm-hmm. Becca Ramsey and yep. Janine Kishi, who I love. Like I yes. really liked this girl. And then the uh, the sisters who are alluded to in the mystery of the secret passage. Yeah, this is a this is a a strong thematic episode yeah. that yeah. really feels like the books because it definitely has that parallel parallel plots that teach each other the same lesson yeah and there are moments of the babysitters interacting with each other that circle back to the greater themes it's not Mm. just like them being playful like you have a moment of dawn not confronting but like gently telling jesse she should pay more attention to her sister that sort of thing is happening way more often uh all the interactions of the girls are very good the only one who really fades into the background in this episode for me is stacy but aside from that everyone gets a bit of screen time christy pulls off a really good prank like something where i was like standing and applauding (laughs) uh marianne does her usual i'm nervous about this but i bet it'll be okay Uh, speaking of Marianne, uh, you and I actually talked off mic about the fact yeah, yeah. that 
This episode also looks different. It the looks girls look weird. older. Like, they... Mal's a solid four inches taller than she was. So, yeah, she definitely went through a growth spurt between this episode, like, the, this episode and everything that came before it. Because yeah. I think it had to have been filmed at the end. I'm interested to see in the next few episodes, like, the remaining episodes if she looks as tall as she does here. And also, like, you said something about Marianne's hair. She's wearing, uh, she's doing the classic, I'm growing out the bangs I had earlier in this season. And it is an awkward transition for me because she has a bad headband on. She's, bad. She's wearing, uh, she's also wearing very different clothes. They're not little mm-hmm. girl clothes. So I was, at first I was like, oh, maybe this is an earlier episode. And like, she's supposed to be looking like early, but no, they're just, she looks different. And all I can assume is that they filmed the first chunk of episodes they took time off to learn their float dance. <laughs> they came back and filmed the rest of the series. But it wouldn't surprise me if there was like, we'll film the first seven episodes or so. Then there's a, a break because they're yeah, yeah. kids. And then we'll come back and film the rest of the series. And they aged because you can't deny that Mal is so tall. Her face oh. is different. She's just a bigger person. She looks less gawky less nerdy which is i think the thing that people are always going for with mal Mal casting like yeah this is a cute kid but she hasn't really grown into her features yet now she has Mm -hmm. she just looks like a normal young teen girl at this point uh claudia's outfit is the or one of them is the most claudia outfit we've gotten this whole season like she's wearing huge shorts over tights Mm -hmm. Like a match, there's a matching shirt there, but there's also like kind of a vest situation going on. I was really excited. Yeah, this is a. I think the reason I keep saying each episode is my favorite is because each episode unexpectedly introduces aspects of the book we haven't gotten yet and so each time i'm like oh boy now they're doing this and this episode Mm -hmm. is definitely i know we kind of had a mystery before this is a babysitter's club mystery mystery like this involves we think someone has died there might be ghosts is this person a murderer (laughs) let's Actually, go to the library, do some investigating, and find clues and solve this mystery. (laughs) A wild conclusion that they jump to, (laughs) and of course it isn't the case, but we do get a mention of the Great Flood, so there is some death about (laughs) the Great Flood. And you know why we find out about the Great Flood? Because they're making a bulletin board for some reason. You said, I, I'm, I'm most, you said, what did you say? You were like, I'm happy to see that their big project is just some sort of like random bulletin board. <laughs> yeah, like a, a completely inexplicable bulletin board. Like the episode opens on them, uh, Claudia coming in and saying hi. And she has this big folder of, like a big manila folder of yeah. photos. And it's all the girls as... It's like seven folders. Yeah, she has so many because also she has the entire history of Stony Brook in that folder, which which is what this is going to be called. Uh, Or no, it's Stony Brook through the years, which Don Stony Brook through the years and more Stony Brook as filtered through the lives of these seven girls. Yeah, I don't understand. (laughs) I I thought that that name was a little broad for what it is because also it doesn't make sense as a combination of themes. It's like these pictures of the girls as kids or like much younger kids, and then photos of 
the great yeah. flood that hits. But also, Stony it's apparently a public sort of works project because it goes up in front of yeah. the library. Yeah, it's there's a lot of library action. In there's this also episode. a lot of uh, uh, more seeing around town in this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there really is because you've got to go to the grocery store, you've got to go to this flower shop, you've got to go to this jewelry store. There's a ton going on here. Also, this is they, the first time I think I've noticed that the that opening titles are all done in the Murphy Brown font. Is this the first time that's true? Because I meant to go back and watch the other ones. It did not look right. It looks it's like the the it's like the bold letters uh, yeah. in italics with the red underline and I'm like I kept I I keep expecting like Charles Kimbrough to walk through the door. Like, yeah. Did you also notice the scholastic, uh, like splash at the beginning? It was more obvious than it has been before. I think this was a reskin. I think they redid some of this. Reskin. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It looks weird though. Uh, And they're making a bulletin board. And there are some other like the are are the other kids helping at this point? I feel like we've got yeah. So when they're digging through the photos, because they're all it's cute because it's all obviously the actor's actual childhood photos. Yeah. The the Christie one gets a lot of play, and it's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, because it looks. Ex- she looks the well, it's same. Like three years prior, <laughs> they're very young actors. Um, she's she's like maybe five in this photo. <laughs> what is she now? Maybe twelve or four or thirteen. But it's, it's Becca lovely. Ramsey is is there, and uh, there's a little girl. We don't know who he, her, she is, but we find out she's Vanessa Pike. Um, so yeah, there's other kids around because the the theme, of course, is little sisters and or sibling yes. relationships but but, that, but they actually include uh like charlotte johansson as far as like mm-hmm. uh, being like a sister to stacy so uh, the the terms are yeah. it does all culminate in a midsummer-esque revel at the local <laughs> park i just want you to know is it, i didn't even it's about that. as cel- much a celebration of womanhood and sisterhood as midsummer so don't worry folks it goes there <laughs> the- there are a lot of floral yes. crowns. Yeah, um, I have face blindness for these small children because when they first cut to Vanessa Pike, I thought it looks it was exactly Karen. like Karen. Just she looks exactly like Karen. Yeah, she looks so much like their Karen. But no, once she starts talking and rhymes mm-hmm. everything, that's when you know. I love. Okay, I love that because there are so many Pikes, they all have to be absolutely one note. <laughs> And they hit that note over and over again. And in this case, Mallory's one note is just exasperation with mm-hmm. Vanessa, or Vanessa's yes. routine. And I love it because in the books, everyone's so used to Vanessa's routine that no one ever comments on it. But I get mm-hmm. exasperated with it and get tired of reading it. So oh, yeah. it's nice that Mal is just like, oh. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite small jokes in the Netflix series is how much it bothers Mrs. Pike that her kid does this dumb, dumb thing. It's so obnoxious. But yeah, uh, Vanessa and Becca are friends as far as I can remember. Like the and yeah, and Charlotte is Becca's best friend. But like the they're all about the same age. They're all about Mm -hmm. eight years old. It's the first yeah. time we see uh, Becca in any extensive shot. Like, yeah, anymore. she's been around, yeah. but this is like she gets lines and yeah. a conversation with uh, with Dawn, and mm-hmm. uh, we actually see Squirt. Too. I was so excited to see Squirt. He doesn't he's, get named, but I was he's like, there. I was like, on screen Squirt. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you stroller. at home who don't know what I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Becca and Jesse's little two-year-old brother is nicknamed Squirt because he was so tiny when he was a baby. 
in case the phrase on screen squirt makes you feel weird or anything, that's what I'm referring to. Well, his uh, his name is the same as their dad's name, right? Like, it's just yeah. named after the dad. And so I wonder how long that nickname sticks. Hopefully not forever. Poor kid. Knowing uh, kids with bad nicknames growing up, I'm going to tell you it sticks around for a long time. There was a kid uh, who lived up the street from me named Brett and all of his older brothers because he was like the fourth or fifth kid in the family and everyone else was a brother they all called him booter for oh, years no. it's oh, a very no. good nickname poor that's, boy that's the greatest thing i've ever heard today <laughs> um, booter. so uh, yeah, yeah so they're they're yeah. putting together this oh by the way the bulletin board project is apparently also somehow connected to a picnic at the end we don't it doesn't make oh, any yeah. sense no it's it's very vague the theming of this particular project like usually there's a way more specific purpose for whatever they're doing but this time it's just like we need some kind of background in this episode like something they can rally around. yeah we also get our first uh, appearance or not our first appearance uh we'll get our first uh appearance of the secret passage Yes. And this, because that's where Dawn is keeping. She's keeping the bulletin board, the project bulletin board. <laughs> she's keeping it. She said stashed in the barn. Yeah, she said that it was too big, and she kept like having trouble getting around it. Which, like, okay, I got, uh, I got a, a new TV this week, uh, and, and I have had to be like shuffling around it the entire time. And I, I really do have the thought of like, it'd be nice if I had a secret passage that I could shove this thing in. Because they also have trouble even getting it out of the pass because it's so big it's so big she seems to have also put it between like cr- crammed it in a like why did she do cr- that like, there's no reason there's it so is. much room in there uh, um but i mean why did she do it it was so claudia could find a note uh hidden in the insulation of the what i really love though is that if you're not a reader of the books and you just saw this episode and dawn just going come on i hit it in the secret passage you're like wait what <laughs> this was never mentioned before and then all of a sudden she like pushes on the wall of the secret door it's not it's not as secret a door as it is in the in the in the books it's like a like almost seamless door hidden in the wall of her bedroom yeah this is much more like i mean like i had a crawl space in one of the houses i was in growing up and this is much more akin to that where there's like a door hanging in front of yeah. it and you have in our case we had to take an uh a ladder up to it which which made it way more exciting yeah. this they just kind of push their way into it and it's basically an attic and not a lot in there except uh the bulletin board and, and the note that uh that claudia yeah, so finds. claudia finds this yellowed note that they assume is as old as the house which is 300 years old right yeah yeah she says something about it being built in the 1700s you're a kid later, your yeah. house was built in this i guess 200 years old your house was built in the 1700s you're gonna assume that's as old as this note it's because it's yellow oh of course <laughs> and it's a it's kind of a, like it's a very teenage girl note like it's a very melodramatic mm-hmm. about a girl losing her ring or thinking her sister stole her ring. It, we get we get a great dawn line though uh because th- the barn is dark and dusty and so they're like let's take yes. this over to the window so you can see it better. They run over to the window, they stand there with the note and then Dawn just looks up at Dawn and goes, "This is spooky." And then it cuts to the next <laughs> scene. <laughs> like that's It's amazing. So uh it's really yeah. good. It is spooky. It, it is because yeah. it leads them to, to thoughts of murder. So we get to the <laughs> BSC meeting, and as you pointed out to me, uh, Deerstalker had. Yeah, I guess they just have this lying around for when they segue into mysteries. Christy, instead of a baseball cap, is wearing a Deerstalker hat. And it is really funny. Like It's just a goofy visual. 
and they're all uh, they're all like passing the note around trying to get an idea of who these people are because it is a it seems like it is a girl describing her sister whose name is Bettina which is a mm-hmm. crazy name and it does sound really old and i understand why they think this note is probably older yes. than it is and this is the usual they're very wrapped up in what's going on and christy need like is like let's get down to brass tacks and have a meeting before we keep interrogating so, so the note this. says uh i didn't lose bettina's diamond ring why won't she believe me she's so mean sometimes and i'm afraid of her i wish with all my heart i never had a big sister uh i never ever oh. i never ever want to speak to her again um and one of the girls says bettina sounds really evil <laughs> Yeah, that seemed like an overstatement, but sure, <laughs> go off. Like, <laughs> Bettina seems very evil, and this is a this do, this doesn't really lead in, into anything immediately. Like they book a couple babysitting mm-hmm. jobs during this meeting, uh, but then we do get a we get some sisterly interaction because we get uh, Janine yes. comes in, does her robot thing, <laughs> uh, where she uses way too big of words for like the simplest concepts. And right away, and then especially during the tutoring session, which is what she is inviting Claudia to or reminding her of, I noticed that this relationship is a lot less acrimonious than the one in the Netflix show. This seems much more like (laughs) a normal sibling, we're annoyed at each other relationship. My brother uh, used to tutor me in math on occasion. And I remember once he falsely, like, he, like, melodramatically, not meaning to do this at all, hit a wall and a, and a clock fell down. I feel like this is the kind of, like, sitcom pratfall moment that would fit in well right, in this uh, scene. Janine talks like Janine talks. She has those, she speaks in overly complicated, like, intentionally overly complicated wording. And... We said yes. when we reviewed the Claudia and me and Janine episode that that's a difficult that's a difficult game to play for any actor. It's like it's like trying to it's pull hard. off Star Wars it's dialogue. Hard. But I like what they did with this. One of the girls asks Claudia later in the episode, "Why does Janine talk like that?" And she says, "Like she's getting ready for her college like interviews." Yeah, and it kind of softens her affect a little bit because you're like, "Oh, this is a teenage yeah. girl who's so freaked out about getting into school that she's." forcing herself to speak in an what she thinks is a grown-up way of talking whereas it's actually just an irritating way of talking and it just makes it more endearing than it is irritating mm-hmm. i would say yeah. because like oh she has a purpose for this and she thinks that this is she thinks this is how smart people talk exactly so she's and it works she's, yeah i like her a lot like i liked this this was a good sibling casting yeah uh they're their dynamic is really fun at the tutoring session because Claudia makes a joke and goes completely over Janine's head. Claudia, not even really that condescendingly, was like, I was joking. Yeah. <laughs> so flatly. She's, she's, they're studying algebra and she says, I don't even get this. Why are they using like letters instead of numbers? And Janine's like, well, in algebra you use, and she's like, I was kidding, Janine. It's a joke. <laughs> And it's also a very, like, very flat, dry joke for Claudia, which I love. Yeah, it is. But uh, in the Netflix series, Janine at times seemed like an extra from, like, Snow Crash. She was, like, this cyberpunk, like, character from another. Like, they almost made her a little too otherworldly. Like, she seemed a lot older, and it was a character choice. And this, Claudia, she dresses very softly. She's... She has kind of these like blouses and she just looks like a like a, a kid dressing like a grown up, which 
I like, I like that. She looks and acts more like how I read Janine in the books, which is less, I'm forcing this weird identity on myself to kind of set myself apart from people and more, I am awkward and I'm trying my best, but I am just a pretty normal kid who has yeah. these like small quirks. So yeah, yeah, the meeting, they schedule a couple jobs. Right. They have this good tutoring and, uh, session. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, uh, she's also job. she's also shorter than Claudia, by the way. Oh, by a lot. No, Jenny Jenny Winslow is really tall. Like yeah. uh, she has a good like head of height over everyone else in the club. Yeah. Except maybe Dawn. Like she Dawn is also a taller girl, but not by uh, not not the same. But which makes sense though, because Claudia and Dawn and Stacy are always they kind of supposed to come across as a little bit older. Yeah. And they so. do. On this show, they definitely do. Yeah. Stacy always seems like one of the more mature people in the room. Right. Um, yeah. No, so we got a, yeah, we got a tutoring session. Yeah. It's cute. And a seance. We got a couple, yeah, we got a seance. <laughs> That's what happens. You know, uh, like the babysitter's club. <laughs> I love the seance. So they're having much. a sleepover on Friday night. And they just, they, yeah. they decide that this note, the girls in this note are obviously dead since the note was written 200 years ago. So they're going to, mm-hmm. they're going, <laughs> and that these girls probably, so there was a lot of talk about, they were, they sound like siblings uh, who fought a lot. I wonder if they both died angry at each other. Let's have a seance and contact their ghosts and see if we can find out if they died mad, if they were actually killed, if they killed each other. I don't know, like, what the whole thing is supposed yeah. to be. This missing ring and uh, and this is where and, and, and Janine is skeptical about the idea of the seance, but that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. That's when they go to Johnson's Groceries or Johnson's yes. Johnson's Grocer uh, to get supplies for the sleepover slash seance so many vegetables <laughs> uh did we wait did we miss a babysitting job in there or is that after i think um that's dr after. johansson well uh dr johansson calls yes and um uh jesse is not going to babysit for becca, becca right and the ramsey's call yes don's gonna sit for becca and squirt yeah uh when they're at the grocery store there's a lot of goofs mm-hmm. like there's a lot of silliness um I remember, like, I remembered this gag of Dawn holding up two carrots to her ears and saying they're Claudia's earrings as, like, a sick bird yeah. from my childhood, and I still thought it was funny. <laughs> like, it's, because it's a funny visual to have them all just throwing around vegetables. So, and just thinking about the employees at this, this grocery store <laughs> being flabbergasted by the children. Well, first they refer to the broccoli florets as uh dawn's wedding bouquet which which, which i thought cute. was pretty funny and that's when she turns on claudia yeah. and she's like well these are claudia's earrings <laughs> we actually skipped the babysitting job i just realized uh yeah that was what okay. i was like uh because that is that when so dawn is sitting for becca mm-hmm. and becca uh says that jesse doesn't like playing yeah. with her like would rather babysit other kids than her yeah own dawn's sister. impressed with becca's rope jumping skills and she's like i actually learned all this from mallory because jesse won't hang out with me which is sad. yeah but but you know i'm a little, already a little seen... believable yeah and we've already seen that mallory doesn't get along with vanessa like they've this is it's done that is done more subtly than this is this is just like flat out i don't think my sister likes me but it also fits becca's established character becca is one of the yes. most forthright of the younger kids she's She's mm-hmm. she and Jesse are two of my favorite characters in the books because they 
they, I won't say they just say whatever's on their mind, but uh, Becca comes across as as she's just very well spoken, very uh, very thoughtful and considerate, and uh, they're also both really yeah. funny. Like before Abby joins the club. Jesse is the only funny member mm. of it, and I always liked that about her. Yeah, so their their relationship is apparently not particularly close. We even see Jesse kind of br- like first mess up uh, right. Becca's rope jumping, and then kind of brush her off when she's a little bit like, yeah. "Hey," <laughs> as you would be when it's you a, were a sibling. Yes, it's a very it's a very younger sibling thing. I remember being affronted when my uh, when my older brothers did not care about my antics. Like I get yeah. this. Um, so yeah, that's when we get them. They, then they go to the grocery store. Yeah. Because you got to uh, get ready for your seance with vegetables. That's how vegetables and candles. <laughs> um, and this is oh, where Dawn. Uh, <laughs> Claudia says that ghosts love chocolate, which sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, and this is where Dawn tells Jesse what Becca said at the baby. Yeah. Thing. And Jesse takes it to heart. She's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I have been kind of blowing her off for my other mm-hmm. babysitting charges. And uh, Mal's like, I've kind of been doing the same things. And that's when they decide in Babysitter's Club fashion that they're not just going to apologize to their siblings or make an effort to do a better job. Uh, they're going to have a whole party for oh, all siblings, <laughs> for all sisters. It's going to be a, a day of sisters. Uh, and they're going to somehow combine it with a picnic that already pre-existed. Yeah, yeah. Uh- Lots to unpack here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there because this is what the what the episode closes with. But this is like dovetails from the bulletin board thing somehow. Yeah. All tied yeah. in. If you could do like a, a giant like a serial killer wall <laughs> of like this plot just to figure out what the bulletin board has to do with with the Midsummer-esque ending. Um, uh, because they it's also nonsense. are like, man, we sure haven't been getting along with our little siblings. Not unlike Bettina and Fl- and and Bettina <laughs> and her sister. They keep saying, have we heard Bettina's sister's name yet? I don't no, think so. No, we don't get it until the end of the episode. Okay. Um, and Mal says, I bet that we- finding this letter was a message for us to pay more attention to our little sisters. <laughs> Which is adorable. Yep. Uh, so oh, they, oh uh, and we also get oh. the most terrifying twins in the history of media, <laughs> including including The Shining. They are the Grady twins. Like, this is just like a slightly updated version, like a slightly modernized version. Uh, they're in the store and they see like they see a pair of twins mm-hmm. wearing identical clothing. Holding hands. And they're like. <laughs> They yeah, they're holding hands. They don't seem bothered by this. It's more like, oh, it's a sign. We're seeing sisters everywhere. No, they see the twins who kind of float through the aisle like 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 ghosts, <laughs> and then they say, "This is weird. Let's get out of here." <laughs> it is weird. They should get out. Which of I'm there. not arguing with. That is the appropriate response if you see twins in public. You should yell, this is weird, let's get out of here. <laughs> They're just the same. I've known I've known multiple sets of triplets in my life, by the way. I just always feel like this is worth mentioning <laughs> when multiples come up. I used to babysit triplets, which is a very Babysitter's Club-esque scenario. Yes. Yeah, it is exactly a Babysitter's-esque yeah. scenario. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, uh, so they have a seance, normal. Mm-hmm. Janine is judgmental of them having a seance. Oh, very, very. Which is kind of cute. Like, uh, I also would be judgmental of them having a seance. 
Uh, I also want to point out we skipped in the uh, in the math sequence that uh, Claudia has apparently hollowed out her math book and has hid Hershey's kisses in it. I love it. She just like midway through an explanation of the quadratic formula, she just opens her math book and like throws her Hershey's kiss in her mouth. Janine gets frustrated, but really Janine should be impressed by Claudia's ingenuity yes. always. So we have the seance scene, which is glorious yeah. and, and spooky. And they're trying to contact the spirits of the damned. And uh <laughs> and doing a you know, a pretty the only one not taking it seriously is Christy. And she brought a tape recorder that's making spooky sounds, which is very funny. And they're they're all freaking out and then Christy reveals that she's done this. Uh, but because she reveals that, she stumbles upon the missing ring that is mentioned in the diary entry. So this is where I get confused. And I think this might be a flubbed line because Christy, they all have a big laugh. Christy's, the, the spooky mm. sounds, Christy goes, runs over to a part of the of the barn and is like getting the tape recorder. But she mm. says, I feel... When I was trying to hide the tape recorder, I found this ring. But I'm like, I think it should have been when you were trying to retrieve the tape recorder. Yeah, I think that she's. I think it, it has is to have just been a, a mistake. I caught that. I was a little thrown by it because if she had found it before, wouldn't she have told them? <laughs> she sat on it. <laughs> yeah, she just she wanted to have it be a dramatic reveal. I don't know. But yeah, so she brings back the ring. This is clearly the one that's being referenced in the letter. Mm-hmm. And she found it in the. Uh, it was in the in the insulation. Yeah, for and I want to say insulation in a barn. That's a pretty. It's a fancy it's barn. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at this at this point, uh, post seance, uh, Claudia kind of runs into Janine in their house. Yep, eating Rainforest Crisp. <laughs> Unfamiliar. <laughs> She's eating Rainforest Crisp. I noticed that. <laughs> she, she runs into Janine. Janine uses the phrase transparent tape too many times. Everyone uses the phrase transparent tape. <laughs> transparent tape, this show, this episode could have been called Claudia and the Transparent Tape because they say it like it's a thing people say. Like, okay, Janine's saying it, sure. She's going to say the most obtuse way possible. But yeah, later yeah. on, Dawn's like, Let's figure out more about this transparent tape. Why are you looking up stuff on transparent? I'm like, nobody says transparent tape. You only Claudia modify says it tape. To Janine later. You modify tape when it's not transparent. Otherwise, it's, it's just tape. It's tape. You can call it scotch tape if you want to, because that's usually what it is. I guess you could say clear tape, and even that would be less weird than transparent tape. Yeah, it's, I mean, scotch is a brand, so they're not going to say that. Yeah. Just tape. Just say tape. Tape. Uh, but yeah, Janine is like, tape, yeah. this couldn't be 200 years old because transparent tape hasn't existed that long. <laughs> Which Claudia doesn't really brush off. Like she takes this into account as evidenced by Dawn asking her why she's looking into the history of transparent tape. And you know why she is? So she can gar- carbon date this letter. <laughs> yeah. This is also our fir- the first appearance of the bulletin board. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. On display in public. In front of the library, because they do spend a lot of time in the library in this episode. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the library. They don't see Mrs. Kishi. They do, however, see the uh, the handsome librarian. Uh, yes. Played by Jesse Moore, who you might know from the TV series Treme. Uh, ah. He played Preston Mooney in six episodes of Treme. Uh, what a good name. He's also Given been... the run of Treme, that's actually a pretty good chunk of that series. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was on the Bold and the Beautiful, and just a bunch. He 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 has an he had an active career. hasn't done anything since twenty 
15 on screen, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, they're using the library in the way that people forget to use the library, which is to research their town history and also look up like old deeds. Like they're going full force here. Yeah. Well, I love that they are forcing three different people to look through yearbooks, just like yearbook after yearbook after yearbook. Yeah. To see the names, like if they can find the name Bettina, which is a weird enough name that of course, like this is, this is a good idea. Yeah. They go to kind of like a County clerk office to see if there's a record of housing deeds Mm -hmm. for, so they, Oh, and also we do eventually, by the way, get a mention of the address being Burnt Hill Burnt Road, Road, which was so deep in the recesses of my mind that I was really excited about it. Uh, this is so, yes, yeah, so the guy tells them that, you know, you can find the, 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 the housing ownership, but they won't see the kids' names. And since it was the children right. who they were looking for, he's like, no help there. They can't find Bettina's name in any yearbooks, but so she could have gone to a different mm-hmm. school. Uh, and then they decide, hey, we have this ring. It was probably bought at the jeweler that who's on the bulletin board. Who existed yes, back then. Yes, of course. So we'll go to the jeweler and see if he recognizes the ring and maybe knows who bought it. Uh, and unfortunately, the jeweler, well, he becomes a major player in the in the solving of this mystery. Oh, he sure does. But he's pretty dismissive because he's like apparently at that point in history, that ring sold a yeah. lot. Like it's this is he's he says it's. Does he say it's cheap? Mm-hmm. It was just a cheap, a cheap like kids ring that you would just yeah, like the cheapest because she calls it a diamond ring in the letter, and it's definitely not no. that. It's like this is a like a little heart with a small stud on it, like the kind of thing that you would buy a uh, a girl who is just getting into jewelry as like a five year old. Yeah, it's a cute ring that forty years ago uh, a preteen would have probably really coveted. Like it's it's yes, it's definitely. cute enough that it would have meant a lot to a child. Uh, it's not like a bubblegum machine ring. It's Oh no, it's it's enough that you would still buy it at a jewelry store and he says like, "Oh yeah, we sold a ton of these. I wouldn't be and I don't keep records of what I sold to." Right. Uh, come to find out, he didn't write down the name of every single person who bought anything in this store. <laughs> and I was thinking that like I uh, can't imagine even now going into the jewelry store where Scott and I got our wedding pants and being like, hey, (laughs) could you tell us when we bought these? But it's funny because (laughs) if you listen to true crime, they're like, all they knew was that the the killer probably wore a yellow hooded sweatshirt. So Mm -hmm. investigators went to every single distributor of yellow hooded sweatshirts and tried to find the purchaser. And I'm like, seriously? I can't imagine going to Target and talking to a cashier and being like, do you remember who (laughs) bought these socks? You're like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, what? No, of course they don't. The only uh, the reason I'm thinking of this in particular is because uh, my husband lost his wedding band on our honeymoon oh. and and uh, called the jeweler from Hawaii and they said, "Hey, uh, yeah, we uh, we do have record of you buying this. We can order the exact same thing, uh, and we won't charge you uh, very much for it because this happens all the time." <laughs> The implication being that men lose their rings a lot because they don't wear rings and don't know how to do that. But that they only had it on file like and they had to pour over their files for it. And he bought it like maybe two weeks before we got married. (laughs) Like it was it was not an ancient record. Well, it makes sense if you order something, if you have to have something ordered. Yes, of course, they're going to have a record of that. But. This is a bought off the counter ring, which of course the yeah. Babysitters Club doesn't know. And good on them for asking no. because 
he initially blows them off. He's like, I don't know, is an old ring, and he's an and he is an older man. No, he's significantly older, and so it makes sense when they they drop the name Bettina, and he recognizes this name. It's like, ah, yes, they lived on Burnt Hill Road, and I think this is where we get her, her sister name. Flora, who yeah was quite a. How, how does he describe Flora? He says um, he doesn't know what happened to Flora. She just disappeared. However, he remembers her as being the wild one, and that the sisters. <laughs> were as different as night and day and he's like he's like yeah and and uh when when who got married one of them got married uh bettina got married mm-hmm. and he remembers that because they sold a ton of of jewelry uh yeah. then and it's worth pointing out that the jeweler is played by george riddle who uh genre fans might recognize as the old man from the movie the innkeepers uh Oh, I know. I was like, this is a guy who I've seen before. Then I got really excited when I saw that list in his credits. Because that's a great, uh, this is a great Taiwan horror, horror movie. It's a great horror movie. It's very, um, I don't know, this will this will become a horror movie recommendation podcast for a second. And it will again at the end because Midsummer is like <laughs> one of my 10 favorite movies ever. But uh, yeah, The Innkeepers is a very like, it's like a two-hander mm-hmm. about spooky ghosts and it's a very like traditional ghost story and he is the guy who owns the inn that the people yeah, are and, taking uh, care Sarah of. Paxton is so charmingly delightful in that movie so charming yeah uh, it's a very yeah every, like, what a good movie so quiet so but yeah so that's George Riddle yeah. and he's a he's a working actor he's you know an older gentleman yeah. but uh, he's he's still popping up and stuff his last credit was from uh, the TV series Little Voice so he's still yeah. oh yeah that's he's still kick yeah i mean 2020 he's still he's still working um but as we are mm-hmm. about to see he's not the most famous <laughs> actor in this episode by a long shot yeah you were very excited about this so like now we have uh, uh like we have actual information on them because um the jeweler tells them that they that Flora runs like a flower sh- or not Flora. No, like Tina runs. A flower he tells shop, her right? that she married the the guy who ended up owning Johnson's grocery store. So yes. they have to go back. to Oh, the they go store. to. Mis- yeah, this is a real it's a real caper. Yes. Yeah. So they go and ask Mr. Johnson about it. No, they go and ask the and new she- owner who bought it mm-hmm. from the wife the bought it from Bettina after Mr. Johnson died five years ago. And they asked is, him, is did you know of her sister? Needlessly complicated, but yeah. And, and he of course can give them information, but even that information is like some somewhat broad. <laughs> she bought, because... he doesn't know of any sister named Flora. He never heard of any sister, mm-hmm. but he does know that Bettina ended up running a, opening a flower store. Yeah, and he knows nothing of, like, the name of the store or anything like that. And apparently the babysitters go to every florist in the phone book and say, this is the last one when they're headed toward the, the of course, the fateful flower shop where they meet the sisters. Yes. And, uh, well, first they, so by this point, they are convinced that Bettina is a murderer. Mm-hmm, right. And that she murdered her sister. That's why no one's ever heard of Flora. <laughs> Um, which, you know, fair enough. Yeah, they go into the shop. Bettina's there. She's a she's an older woman carrying a monstrous pair of gardening shears threateningly <laughs> at the girls. She freaks them out so much they all scream and try to run out of the store. 
It's very funny. And then, of course, another woman emerges from the back. And uh, Bettina says something like, these girls are looking for us pretty jumpy, they are. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. So first... Uh, Bettina, played by Maeve McGuire, uh, her last credit's 2015, but she was in like Another World, Beacon Hill, Edge of Night, All My Children. She played a lot of characters and a lot of things. Uh, very, very, very working actor. However, <laughs> this woman enters and is like, oh, what's going on? And I see her face and I hear her voice and I'm like, holy crap, that's Kelly Bishop. Yeah. And it's Broadway star, Gilmore Girls star. Gilmore Girls star, yeah. For me, Bunhead star. (laughs) Yeah, Amy Sherman Palladino player. Mm -hmm. Uh, She plays uh, Emily Gilmore. Uh, yes, she's the yeah. mom on the Gil- the mom's mom on the Gilmore Girls. Yes, and uh, she's the she runs the ballet studio in Bunheads, and uh, mm-hmm. she's the mom in uh, Dirty Dancing. She's the uh, you've seen Kelly Bishop. She's an incredibly famous actor and a yeah. Broadway star. She was in the original cast of A Chorus Line. Like she's a star, and this is not her first screen role by a long shot. She, I am going to assume. And I, this might be a big assumption, but I am going to assume that she took this role because I mean, yeah, because she was on as the world turns. She has a ton of mm-hmm. credits before this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am. I have to assume she did this either as a favor for a friend in production. <laughs> like, no, like I, I assume like no, I know what you. There's mean, a lot of theater people who been. work in she this was show. Busy. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe someone was like, hey, we got this small part or it came up and her her agent was just like, look, there's a one day shoot. It's it's in town. You want to just go, you know, you get like fifteen hundred bucks for it. It's just worth it. That's my guess. Like, my guess is that she just saw that it was happening or her agent saw it was happening. She's like, what could it hurt? Yeah, because she has two scenes. Like, it's not like she's a day like she is a day yeah. player for this. But gosh, she she had. She had just come off doing The Thorns, uh, the TV series The Thorns, where she was like one of the lead characters. Uh, she had done Dirty Dancing by this point. She had she she had done Solar Babies by this point. It was it was very funny to me that she had already done Dirty Dancing. It was like, what next? But she's <laughs> babysitters. And I'm not saying that like incredibly famous people. Of course, they have like all kinds of credits to their name. That's just that's mm-hmm. that's the way careers work. But she, I mean. Kelly Bishop's a Broadway legend, like a legend. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it, with such a face and such a, and this, oh, yeah. this voice that like, you can't mm-hmm. imitate. It's, it's Kelly Bishop's voice. I was just blown away. I was so happy. No, you were so excited about it. And I, and I, then I saw why. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. I didn't spoil person. it for you. No, you didn't, which I appreciated. Because like throughout the episode, because you had said that I was like keeping an eye out, like who's going to be the exciting guest actor? I was like, oh, Innkeeper's guy. That must be it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Boy, that guy loves Ty West. <laughs> sure does. So... Uh, yeah, we get, I mean, like, it's a cute little scene mm-hmm. where, of course, we find out, yeah, they, uh, they run this flower shop together. Yeah. They, they get really excited about the recovered ring. They bicker about whether or not one <laughs> stole it from the other. They bicker generally. Like, they, they fight like sisters do. Yeah. And it's really cute. It's and, very well yeah. done. Yeah. And they're both, I mean, like, they're, 
there's a really good sister casting on this episode in general, mm-hmm. like both for the girls and then just for this like one off, like, oh, these, yeah, these two seem related. So they have a nice, yeah, they have a nice uh, little argument. Uh, somehow the girls invite them to uh, sister fun Midsummer Day. Yeah. Uh, uh, Claudia and Janine have a really, a really nice scene together in the kitchen. Jan- uh, Claudia yes. walks in and Janine is making cupcakes. And Claudia's like, what are you making? She's like, we solved the mystery. And Janine's like, that's awesome. And she's like, why are you making cupcakes? And Janine's like, I'm making them for a picnic. I'm doing it because I love my sister and I'm doing something nice for her. And it's very genuine. Yeah, like, like, you know, like, she's like, you never bake. She's like, I bake for my sister sometimes, which is really cute. And also at this point, Claudia does thank her for pointing out the transparent (laughs) tape. It's like that, like, basically that blew the case wide open. Mm Mm-hmm. So thanks, Janine. And uh, and Claudia's like, well, then I'll if I'll do the de- I'll decorate the the cupcakes like so that we make them together. Mm-hmm. And and she proposes putting faces on the cupcakes made out of candy. And Janine's like, candy faces never would have occurred to me. And I'm like, wow, really? So <laughs> never would have occurred to you. <laughs> never. <laughs> and then uh, then we get to cut to an image of the uh, the finished cupcakes on the on the table at this fun little sisters picnic that they're having Mm -hmm. where there's like apparently flora and bettina have provided a bunch of decorations for it flower crowns i guess out of appreciation for the recovery of the ring which makes sense uh lots of people wearing flower crowns and this is where things get like so the seance brought up the notion of magic in the babysitter's club universe and the supernatural uh and i like to point Mm -hmm. this out when i talk about berenstain bears books as well when you get these little hints of like like older beliefs that pop up and all of a sudden they're like, well, this is a celebration of sisters. And we created these floral crowns because they're like a ring, you know, a circle. Let's all form a circle. It's a circle of love, (laughs) a circle of sisters. And they're all wearing like floral crowns and all the women and girls like join hands in this circle. (laughs) And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a lot to take in. I mean, it's a nice moment because we have like Mallory is mm-hmm. with Vanessa and uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse and Becca are together. So it's cute, but it's also vaguely sinister. <laughs> like, it's just like a little, little bit of strangeness to it, and and that's that's the end of the well, episode. They, they do <laughs> ring around a Rosie, which is not as sinister as it could be. But I guess if you have little kids, that's the one thing they're going to know. And not to be snarky, it's actually a very sweet moment seeing all these characters together. It's cute. And it it is, I mean, like it further further reinforces the idea that this was all very good Mm -hmm. casting. Like like you can tell who is with who. I don't remember, I don't think... Karen sneaks her way into this. Someone, scene. uh, uh, someone gets. Does she get credited at the end? I want to say that they credit Karen Brewer in the in, at the end of the episode, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Karen Brewer gets a credit for this episode, but she's not in it. Then she must be in that scene somewhere because uh, mm-hmm. they mentioned Karen earlier in the episode. Uh, Marianne gets a good dig at Christy. She's like, I can't. I can't believe how similar you and Karen are, even though you're yeah. stepsisters. Christy's like, I'm not that bossy. Uh-huh. I'll laugh because yes, she uh, is. <laughs> but it is great casting and it's a great, without hitting you over the head too much with it, they really go in on the, 
you know, you're you can be sisters with someone you're not related to because uh, because mm-hmm. Charlotte Johansson mm-hmm. is like Stacy's sister. They kind of found each other, and uh, you know, they're stepsisters and half sisters, and yeah. Because this show has always really emphasized that a step family is mm-hmm. just a family. I mean, like we have Marianne and Don who are uh, so close most of the time. And then we just saw an episode where they fight like sisters the entire My time. My biggest problem with, with the books uh, is kind of how Dawn goes really wishy-washy on like her family. And because we just read mm-hmm. the books where she leaves town spo- the first time. Uh she flakes yeah, she out. She also times, flakes out yeah. again and goes back to Stony Brook illegally. She steals her father's credit card and flies back to Stony Brook. Uh, it's and it, to me, like that whole aspect of Dawn's character makes me like her less. Like I understand she's a teenager. Her 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 mind is everywhere. Her hormones are everywhere. Her thoughts don't make sense half the time. Uh, that's just being a teenager. But. Uh, it does like the way she's very thoughtless about her own mother's feelings. She's like, you know what? I, I miss dad a lot. I'm going to go live with him now. I cannot stand how mean she is to both her mother and her stepmother. Like she is so cruel yeah. to Carol. That becomes a real problem for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. c- like concerning the California characters. But yeah, she's but yeah. seems a lot like this is a much sweeter version of her and i think that's actually true of the netflix version too where they've sort of softened up the edges a bit um netflix really leans on her being more mature than marianne and not being condescending about it but being more of like willing to teach marianne kind of like broaden her horizons this character is just fun this is just a fun dawn well she's played by melissa chase who how can she not be likable? She's, she's she she never stops smiling. She's so likable, and I just like everything. Every, everything she does in this episode is cute. It's always true. Mm-hmm. This uh, uh, Jenny Winslow is my MVP here. I really like her this whole time. Like I love yeah. how she interacts with Janine in a way that is never caustic, but is a little dismissive. <laughs> like is way more fun <laughs> to me. Like like when her her friends are like hey your sister's weird she doesn't defend her but she also doesn't like doesn't beat up on her at all right yeah. and uh and this is definitely an episode where it's named for claudia and mm-hmm. it's a claudia episode a claudia even episode. though everyone gets in a, except for stacy everyone gets a good mm-hmm. moment and is definitely contributes to the ensemble yeah uh claudia and janine have a this is claudia and mean janine just it retold is. with a new situation yeah this is a plottier episode than some of the previous ones and it is mm-hmm. a more book-like episode and i think those are probably the reasons it succeeds as much as, as it does because i do also really like it would you say this episode feels like uh, a Pony Pals book? <laughs> I've never read a Pony Pals book. Could is it? Maybe it feels like book number twenty, Stolen Ponies, uh, or probably uh, feels the most uh, like that one. Book yes. thirty-one, <laughs> Ponies from the Past, or maybe the Pony Pals Super Special uh, Three, The Ghost Pony. <laughs> it, it could be like any of They're them. Super special. There's Man. Pony Pals super specials. <laughs> I mean, a, I, oh, are, are they? They're published by Scholastic. Of course, they're super specials. I want to write a super special or something. This is like a, it's like a give yourself goosebumps situation. They're I do love. I do love that uh, Pony Pals Wikipedia page mentions that Pony Pals are are pony books. Wikipedia has its own listing for pony book, not horse <laughs> books. Pony books under authors of pony books. It goes on for quite a while. 
Pony book is not a subgenre, and horse book is. I I would. I this is a hill all time. But it says. The 1877 novel Black Beauty, although about a horse and not a pony, is seen as a forerunner of pony book fiction. And there are two references credited for that statement. <laughs> so no citation needed for that one. There's a baby or there's a babysitter's little sister book called Karen's Pony. Aw. Just just saying. It's actually a very old horse. <laughs> named blueberry anyway anywho <laughs> good 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 episode uh very good do we episode. have do we have a jesse coming up and was i right our, our next episode is not only a jesse it is another assuming you consider claudia and the secret passage which wasn't about the secret passage by the way it just featured the secret passage yes uh, assuming you consider claudia and the secret passage to be claudia and the mystery of the secret passage as it is somehow listed uh i do a little bit our ne- it's a mystery. Uh, our next episode is also a mystery and also about secrets. It is Jesse and the mystery of the stolen secrets. That sounds so exciting. And I'm also excited to get Jesse here at the forefront because she has just been kind of fun in the background. Mm-hmm. And this will be good to get her to the fore. I hope we get Jesse. I hope we get more Becca, although I don't know if we do because I know that she was only in a few episodes. Um and I hope we get uh I hope we get to meet uh uh maybe more pikes because Mal's probably that would be nice. Uh, oh, she is. She sure is. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. have mono yet. Um, <laughs> Takes a minute. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's uh that's Claudia and the mystery of the secret passage. A uh, huge thumbs up for me. Yeah. Oh, same. Yeah. Hard same. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, have a have a great week, everyone. Oh, is that how we're ending it now? <laughs> We're not saying goodbye to our friends. Are we not saying goodbye to our friends? Aw. Oh, let's say goodbye to our friends. Okay. Uh, thank- oh, and make sure you go to Twitter Twitter page. Uh, Twitter is a Pizza Toast Pod. And if you want to drop us a line, it is Pizza Toast Pod at Gmail. Oh, and, uh, and if you listen to the show, uh, leave a review uh, on, yes, on Apple or whatever because uh, um, someone Apple has, and I'd love to see more. Someone left us a bad review, and I'm wondering what they didn't what? like about us. I'm so curious about that. Yeah. Are they <laughs> jealous of our effortless that? of our effortless camaraderie? Who knows? <laughs> Wonderful. All right. See you guys later. Bye.